You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, founder and principal attorney at Sapphire Legal, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today's show is the second in our two-part episode focusing on the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, better known as the CARES Act. In our first episode, we spoke with Greg Deal, Dill, excuse me, Vice President of Commercial Real Estate at SBA Lending at Union Bank in Irvine, California, about two of the three COVID-19 relief programs set out in the CARES Act to aid small businesses in weathering the storm that is COVID-19. We'll be continuing our conversation with Greg today as he walks us through the last of the CARES Act relief programs, the Small Business Debt Relief Program, and gives us his final thoughts on the CARES Act and its impact on the small business community. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome back to Workplace Perspective, Greg Dill. Hey, Teresa, how are you doing? Good, good. We're so glad you're back. Really appreciate you coming back on the show. Hey, before we get started, so why don't you just remind our listeners real quick who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, you, you did say Dill. I think that was my original name before they, they changed it from uh, probably Ellis Island there. E-I-E-H-L, but now it is Dill. So you were, you were correct, even though you weren't there. But yeah, hello again, everyone. I'm, I'm Greg Dill, the SBA lender. I serve as an advisor for business owners by providing guidance and expertise on their commercial real estate and business acquisition needs. And it's typically through low 10% down payment programs, similar to those found in the residential world like FHA. So I would say in its simplest form, SBA financing is what I like to call FHA for business owners. All right. I love it. So on our last episode, we had talked about the Paycheck Protection Program and then the Emergency Economic Injury Grant Programs. And for this episode, I do want to talk, I kind of want to close that loop by talking about the third program that's offered under the CARES Act, and that's the Small Business Debt Relief Program. But before we do that, can you tell us, have there been any changes or updates to the programs that we talked about last time? Sure. I mean, it seems like there's changes every day and updates every day. That yeah, initially funds ran out of both of the programs, which we were we were talking about. One was for the uh, disaster relief program. The other was the paycheck protection program. Um, we've obviously seen a lot in the news. There were some big corporations that took advantage of this: Shake Shack, Ruth Chris, even the the Lakers here in uh, Southern California, and you know, others such as large universities with with very big endowments. So. You know, some of those have returned the funds, which enabled the small businesses to be able to to get some some extra monies or additional businesses to get funds, which maybe they had run out. Um, we've also seen that there's we knew that there was going to be some fraud, but we've already seen individuals being charged for that. And it, it does seem that all companies receiving over two million dollars in funds 
will be automatically audited to make sure that those funds were obtained, I guess, legally or in the right manner. And then other businesses will be looked at on a case-by-case basis. So there's obviously developments, and, and they just want to make sure that these funds are being used for what they're intended for, and the businesses that are being able to take these funds are, are doing it, that then they surely do need the funds. Yeah, that was really, a lot of that was really amazing. I, I think that's what happened, you know, government just doesn't run quickly. And to have mm-hmm. these funds made available and then everything that, 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 that they have done on the employment side to be done so quickly is just going to, it's it, it's great that they were able to do that, but it's also just going to cause problems for a long time. Um, not only the fraud claims have been alleged under here, right? On the employment side, mm-hmm. people are already mm-hmm. filing litigations based on all the confusion that this stuff has created. It, so while exactly. it's a blessing, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? And then yeah, there, there was just, a, I, I knew it from the start just when they when they were looking through and saying, okay, we're going to, the maximum is $10 million. Well, reversing that, and it was based on payroll, so that means that there's, a, there's companies out there that have $4 million in payroll and are able to get $10 million. Well, if it's for very small businesses or small businesses when we think in our heads, none of the businesses that I've worked with that are considered small business have $4 million in payroll a month. They, they don't even have that a year. So I, I saw the, the writing on the walls initially, and, and it's I'm sure that we'll see a lot more developments in, in this arena, unfortunately. And, and there was, well, you have to give props, I guess. You know, I, I don't know whether it's, whether it was goodwill intentions or they were scared to give the money back, you know, that these businesses gave the money back. I mean, from an outside perspective, it's like, oh, isn't that great? Look how responsible they're being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it, it was, they were notified and they would, they had a lot of public pressure. So they, they figured that they, they better do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that's pretty amazing. And uh, so you may have mentioned this before, but was there, I thought, there was an injection of additional money, at least into the Paycheck Protection Act. Is that correct? Right? So yeah, when I, I mentioned the funds had run out, but the, but they but there the programs were given uh, additional money. So they, they they were in the second round of these of the programs. The, the main one with the with the PPP, the Payment Protection Program, I believe it was an, an extra three hundred twenty billion dollars. And what they did with this, which is a I think a, a little bit uh, foresight, was they opened it up to smaller banks first, which were banks that had, I believe, less than a billion dollars in assets. So in theory, that was going to be helping out smaller businesses because in in general, the smaller businesses may be banking with the smaller banks. So I think they tried to curtail some of these larger corporations and, and frankly, bigger banks that just had everything waiting in the queue to press the button right when when this opened up again. So I, I think that might enable more small businesses to be able to take advantage of this program. That's awesome. That's great. So in your opinion, it's still worth getting in line if you need it. I think so. If you, if, if you can get a a bank and probably a smaller bank, uh, maybe even a non-bank lender to, to process these for you. Um, I know a lot of banks, including mine had, they, they put holds on even bank clients to be able to, to, um, go and go in the queue and wait because they just figured they have such a big backlog and other banks do that those funds are gonna gonna um, be exhausted pretty quickly again. But I think this with the smaller banks being able to 
take the uh, first shot at it, at least now, until they go through some of the fundings. It, uh, it is advantageous because you, you never know. Maybe there's going to be additional fundings. I don't know where it's all going to get paid from, but uh, I guess might as well get in line. <laughs> Good advice. Okay, so that's our update. Then let's jump into this, this last relief program. So what actually does sure. the Small Business Debt Relief Program offer? So the Small Business Debt Relief Program, it's actually a program for anyone who has a current SBA loan or will close on an SBA loan in the near term. And, and it's actually before September 27th, 2020, or until the funds run out. The end of the fiscal year for the SBA is the, the end of September. Um, the government fiscal year. So basically what's happening with this is the SBA is automatically covering the monthly payment for businesses, business owners for a period of six months. So it's um, great savings for business owners. It's basically an abatement. It's not a deferral. So these, these do not need to be paid back. So it's given to everyone regardless of whether the debt relief is, is needed or is even requested. So when it's an abatement, Tell us a little bit, that means everything stops as opposed to a deferral? Where so, correct. So, if, if, yeah, so, what they were initially doing, the, the SBA was allowing banks to give deferrals to anyone that requested a deferral of their payment. So, what was going to happen then was that they were going to either, after a certain number of months, three, six, six months, they were going to have to pay that back right away in, in a lump sum, which are happening with a lot of people finding out um, when they call in for their home mortgage or they were tacking it to the end of the note. Um, so it would be paid paid when, you know, say their note was due in 10 years. It, w- it would be tacked onto there, and their, their balloon payment would be a little bit higher. So with, with this, which, like I said, essentially is abatement, the SBA is paying the banks directly themselves for a period of six months. So the business owners do not need to pay it, and it is being taken off of their, obviously, their, their monthly principal and interest. So there's not, they're not going to be owing this down the road. Well, that's great. Is that sort of historic? Has that ever been done before? Do you know? I believe it is. I have never heard of that being done. Um, like I mentioned in our, our previous uh, conversation, the the disaster relief program is something that's been around for, for decades. It's usually done when there's a tornado or hurricane um, in specific pockets. But um, something like this of actually abating and paying for a, a business owner's mortgage or their, their term financing over a period of months is something that, that I have never encountered. It's amazing. I think that's amazing. So what are some of the common questions you're getting about this particular program that might be of interest to some of our listeners? Well, I mean, frankly, mo- most people are calling me, and these are obviously my past client, clients, they're, they're calling, they're saying, hey, uh, I was given money back. It was my, my payment was reversed, and, and they don't know why. So, you know, I, I let them know that this is something that's, that's automatic. Um, they, they was, it was just automatically done. It's going to be for a, a period of six months. And, and some of them are asking because they, they are still doing well. It might be a business that hasn't been affected by, by the COVID-19. And they're asking, well, if I want to keep continue paying, can I do so? And it's because it's paid, normally with SBA financing, it's an it's an auto debit. So when they when they are getting either stops or they weren't weren't charged or it was reversed, it was something coming to the surprise. And I'm telling them that uh, you know I was a bearer of good news. It's going to be for six months, and if they like to take me out for a steak dinner, I'll I'll accept that. But they don't have <laughs> to pay anything for 
for the next six months, it's all covered. And, you know, I, I'm even the people that are asking if they if they can continue paying, because I think someone thought it was more of a, a deferment. Um, I'm telling them that, yeah, they, they can. They can usually just pay by check on a monthly basis or maybe stockpile the, those monies, see if it's something that they're going to need down the road. And, and if not, they can you know pay an extra lump sum um, later on. Um, the other the other questions I'm asking, if someone finds out about it or hears about it, they're, they're asking what they need to do to take advantage of the program. And, and you know, frankly, my answer there as well is that there's nothing that they should need to do. It's automatic. If they do notice that they their payments haven't been stopped, um, they can give their, their bank a call and, and ask for them to, to be uh, stopped. And then if they were uh, pulled, and this was as of um, May 1, their, their money should be reversed to them. So if, if they stop paying, is there any benefit? I'm trying to think if there's any benefit to continuing to pay. It's so well, I mean, they're, they're they're yeah, I mean, their benefit in general is they're, they're just they're going to be able to they're going to pay down their their principal more, so they can they'll be at a lower amount if one if they if their their financing has a balloon payment at the end, or if their financing has that um, they they'll get to pay it off earlier. So there are some things to consider. It sounds like with regard to that, it's a benefit. I know we're getting lots of benefits on things like. Our yeah, insurance, and, and I think where where would matter. Oh, sorry about that. We're saying where it would matter a little bit more is when some of the, some of the SBA programs are variable rate financing, and and so if they're paying down the the principal, on in this instance when when the variable rate resets, which is typically on a quarterly basis, it's based on the re, the the amount that's that's uh, the the principal that's in there, and what they they it's reamortized or what they'll call a recast for the remaining term of the financing. So their minimum monthly payment in theory would actually go down or it'll be lower than what it would have been even if rates changed in the upward direction. Interesting. Okay, well, there's a lot to consider there, I think. So on this Definitely. one, what, are, what do you think the top, top things are that people need to know about this program? Things they should keep well, I think mind. first is that th this is not a deferral, so the, the monies do not need to be paid back. So I know a lot of people might worry about that, say, oh, do I need to pay them back at a, at a lump sum within a few months here when, when the deferment ends at the end of my payment? So it's, it's something that they do not need to pay back. Um, the second thing is that entrance into the program is automatic. So whether they have a, a loan from the past with the SBA or they're coming into financing um, recently here, nothing has to be done to take advantage of it. Like I said, if they do notice that, they, that they've been charged um, as of May 1, they should probably contact their bank and find, find out if they can get that reversed. But in theory, it should have all been automatic. And then lastly, this is both for existing and new financing. And the new financing is while well, funds last. So they... I don't want people going into their, their mind saying the only reason they're going to buy this building or get this financing for machinery and equipment is because they're going to get six months of payments made by the by the SBA. So they should go into it thinking that uh, it's, still, it's still going to be a wise choice for the business to buy a building, to buy, buy out a, a, another partner or buy out a business. But if they are able to take advantage of this, it's sort of icing on the cake while the funds last. That's, that's great. I love that. I was just thinking while you were talking, there's just there really is something inherently suspicious about getting money back from something or getting a break yeah. like that, like yeah. automatically. Like, what's the catch? Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the, yeah, the free money. I know. There's no free money, right? <laughs> yeah, so you're paying for it some way, I, I guess. Exactly. You know, exactly. My theory: right. we're all going to pay for it. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> with taxes or 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 inflation, but uh, somehow, why, yeah. why not? Why not take advantage of it if you can? Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll uh, we'll t- uh, listen to Greg's final thoughts on the CARES Act and how he thinks its impacts are going to be on the business community. So stay with us. We'll be right back. better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay at home and away from other sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us, like us, give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot to us and it ensures more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Greg Dill, the Vice President of Commercial Real Estate and SBA Lending at Union Bank in Irvine, California, about the small business relief programs set out in the CARES Act. Greg, as a follow-up, uh, I wanted to ask you, are there any SBA loan types or type of SBA loans that don't qualify under the Small Business Debt Relief Program? So the, the ones that aren't, the, that aren't qualifying are these, the, the, new, the new financing. So the, the Payment Protection Program, the EIDL program, which is the Disaster Relief, these are for the, the typical SBA financing, whether it's for commercial real estate, for a business acquisition, for term financing to buy machinery and equipment. But the, the with the, the EIDL program and the payment protection program, those are not covered under the, the uh, debt relief program. Okay, that's good to know, that's good to know. All right, so I wanna kind of step back and, and get your thoughts uh, sort of on things going forward um, and talk a little bit about kind of what your thoughts are on the impact overall you think the CARES Act is going to have on the small business community sort of moving forward? Sure. I mean, obviously having financing that, that converts into a grant, which like we talked about before, is more or less free money, you know, should and, and will help businesses with their near-term ongoing expenses. It's how, how the, the grant works is that the, with the eight weeks following receiving funds, that's where the monies need to be used for, this, for wages, for employees, and for rent and uh, utilities and other things. But, I mean, even if these funds remain alone, they are at very low interest rates, which is good. The, the other side of this dual-edged sword is that the financing, especially for the case of the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, are relatively short amortizations, which um, it's a two-year note, but the first six months are, are basically being being paid for or the, the interest is not being counted. So over 18 months is how these are going to be amortized for the Payment Protection Program. So business owners should definitely be careful with this, given that the monthly payment could be substantial. On the uh, Disaster Relief Program, those are mostly what, I, what I've seen in the marketplace are over – a 10-year term, so it's not is obviously not as crucial. But if you do get large amount of financing, th- those are going to add up as well. 
But I, I do think this is this CARES Act obviously helped small businesses, um, helped the ones that it could reach. But um, you know, I think there's always, uh, like we said, there's no, no free lunch. Not everything's free. So if these don't convert into into grants or if there's substantial portions that don't convert into grants, business owners should be aware that they're going to have to be making those monthly payments for the loans. We kind of talked about that on the last um, on the last episode that we did about this idea that the PPE might or PPP might turn into uh, a grant and that would change the dynamic on payback and all of that. Can you quickly Correct. sort of go back over that really? And, and and has there been any any change in that? Any movement? Uh, sh- sure. I, I mean that that's the that's essentially why this is such a popular program. Um, everyone's thinking of this as free money that is 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 a grant and what i mentioned previously on the on the other segment was these are loans first and foremost that may and should be converted into a grant which is going to be mostly is is if you are able to keep your employees so they're going to be doing an audit making sure that the that employees weren't fired because the 75% of the monies for the payment protection program were to be used for employee wages. And then 25% are allowed to be used for other items like rent or mortgage payments and interest on the mortgage payment, interest on debt and utilities. So if those are utilized in the right fashion, they should be converted. But I, what I've been telling everyone, clients and friends and anyone that's taking advantage of this is treat this as a loan. If it gets converted, great, that's, that's gonna be a, a little bow on top and if you don't need the money don't borrow it or if you don't need the money and you're still going to borrow it hold on to that in case you just need to pay it right back and so treat these as loans treat this as something that you're you're going to be responsible for but if it does get converted you know consider that uh, the uh, a bow on top yeah that's my biggest fear i think in looking at you know the small business community is that They've taken on these, you know, loans with good intentions, but if the if the if we don't bounce back the way we think we're going to do, it just concerns me that it's just going to compound the problem. Uh, in other words, you know, they were be able they would be able to stay afloat a little bit longer, keep those employees going, which is awesome, keep themselves going. But if the if the economy doesn't snap back uh, fast enough for the small business community, I'm worried that it's going to have an even larger toll. Is that kind of makes sense or what do you think yeah no yeah i, I definitely agree with you there if, if this is just kicking the can down the road because yes it's keeping people employed and but if it's not getting them back to business and it's not being able to maintain maintain the business that they had previously then yeah this, this these monies just may be like flushing them down the toilet frankly the good thing is that is if this is done correctly by the business owners unlike normal loans or SBA loans, that there's there's not a personal guarantee on this. There's not outside collateral that they're going after. So if in the event a business has to close, it has to file for bankruptcy, anything like that, at least these these monies, as long as it was done with uh, in the right manner, they they won't be needing needing to pay back in in any in any manner. And that's good too, that you know, the bankruptcy issue that if, if they do fold, then this is someone who can move forward without that mark, um, you know, because an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur. And if they came up with one great idea, 
they're going to be able to rework it and come up with another. And that is one thing that always gives me hope um, with when I think about, you know, how wrong it could go. I really do think that, you know, people are amazing um, and entrepreneurs find the most amazing ways to keep going and to keep building their businesses and putting their ideas out there. So that gives me a little bit of hope. I want to ask you about the audits. Um, so the first one, who, who was, who's doing the audits? Or who, who conducts the audits? I believe it, it would. Be, I believe it would be the, the office of the controller. I believe that's who it is, you know, through the through the federal office of the controller. I believe that's who it is. I, I've read up a little bit about that because that it, it came out because they obviously are seeing some people committing some fraud. They also want to audit companies that maybe shouldn't have gotten the financing for one reason or another. But um, it's it's something that's that they we've said in the media. I've read on some some um, blogs that they're going to do any company that that was able to get two million dollars or more, and then they'll do other audits on a case by case basis. So maybe if something a red flag comes up when they're when they're trying to convert the loan into a grant, because I think this even though this is a big push. And getting the monies out to to the small business owners, I think when they're going to have to provide documentation to convert this, that's going to be another big toll on the banks and the bank's back back office. Um, I mean, my shop, in terms of my processors and underwriters, and even people that are running credit reports for me, has been very slow because they've been putting all their time and effort into the payment protection program. But there will be a second wave, and not not talking about second wave of money, but second wave of when they, when in six months, when the business owners want to convert the loan into a grant, that's going to take its toll on on the the back shops of many banks. And when they convert, is that something that the business owner is going to have to apply for, or is that something that's going to happen automatically? If it happens, I believe that they will have to provide. They'll they'll have to provide documentation. So. My understanding is that they'll have to provide some documentation showing their their employee count, um, the the employees that they had prior to receiving the funds, and the employees that they had. Um, I believe it's for the at least for the first eight weeks because that's where those expenses are supposed to be done. Although they're not going to apply for this um, until I believe six months, so they will need they will need to provide some documentation. I believe I don't believe that there's anything set exactly what is needed yet, which doesn't surprise me because every day they're they're saying that they may need something new, even with the application process. But they wow. they definitely will should be pinged to provide that documentation so they can get that converted into a grant. That's great. All right, thank you so much for that information, Greg. You have given a wealth of information, and it's been great really, really helpful. And um, I just, as we wrap up today's show, you want to give us your top three tips or any cautionary tales, maybe some words of wisdom for the future? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one thing, there's obviously going to be a lot of changes with, with the economy, with businesses. You, know, you can look out the door and see restaurants that are either closed completely or just doing takeout. There's with the social distancing and, and maybe some new spacing requirements, that's going to take its toll on, on a lot of restaurants, I believe. Um, the other thing what I've seen is because everyone is working from home and they probably some companies that may have never have done that are starting to see the, that, you know, a lot of employees are efficient from home 
And if they are able to work from home, it's going to save companies a lot on their second most the you know, their second largest expense, uh, first being wages and salaries, the second would be their occupancy costs. So that might change a lot of the dynamic, even in the commercial real estate world with with offices and availability for that. And maybe you know, if, if there's a lot less people needing office space, the values are going to go down there. So that those are some some things really to think about for for businesses. And then I guess uh, you know words of wisdom would be. You know, don't don't take loans, and even though this is what I do for a living, unless you need the financing, and whether it's this PPP program, the disaster relief, or or financing in general, you only take the financing if you need it, and you you are able to pay this money back. And and don't, especially with these thinking that it's free money, it's going to be converted. It's a loan first, and then hopefully it's going to be a grant for you if you're able to maintain your business and maintain your employees. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think that uh, we're going to, there's going to have to be a lot of support at the local level, I think, if we're going to move forward. And I'm always so excited about the workforce of the future. And I do think that while there's going to be some payoffs, um, I, I do think that, and maybe a little bit of downside in some areas, but I really do think that this has been a great opportunity to take a look at what the workforce of the future is going to be like. So that's it for our CARES Act show part two. I want to thank you, Greg, for joining me and sharing your thoughts and experiences with our listeners. Great, great information. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. If you want to connect with Greg and learn more about SBA lending at Union Bank, you can reach him at gregdill at unionbank.com. That's G-R-E-G dot D-I-L-L at unionbank.com. You can also connect with Greg via our website at sapphirelegal.com slash podcast. I want to also thank our listeners, my radio angels, James and the Nave at Night, and Workplace Perspectives team extraordinaire, our engineer producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Bersaloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspectives, and until next time, keep raising the bar. 